Minus three is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel great odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, baseball, and so much more great new and existing user promos. It's America's number one sportsbook for a reason. For many reasons, in fact. Let me tell you about them. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings fast in as little as two hours even. And, of course, the same game parlay. You take one game, three bets. You combine them all into the same game parlay. If you're a hockey fan, Penguins and Rangers on Thursday night is a good one. Pick one of the two teams on the money line. It's pretty even, as a matter of fact, between those two teams right now. Uh, maybe you take the over for fun's sake and throw in a player you think's going to score a goal. Easy peasy. Eddie Spaghetti, tell him one. Uh, I don't want to be lame and go Chris Kreider is scoring constantly, but I'm... Fine, Ricky take- Raquel it is. That's how you do it. <laughs> go ahead. No, uh, you don't want... Okay. No, I'll stick with I'll stick with Kreider. He's been scoring crazy. Uh, cra- I mean, the, the power play. He's had the most power play goals since, I believe, Ovechkin a few years back, over 25. Okay, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started. Sign up with the promo code MINUS3, the word MINUS, the number three, so that they know we sent you. And now let's start this MINUS3. Smith. The 0-2. Left side, Swanson. To first. champions! Minus three with Dave Damashek. Yeah, baseball season's here. College basketball's over. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three, a great Final Four in the books. Tiger is playing supposedly in the Masters. Let's start there, shall we? We have a lot of ground to cover here as the regular season. A puck comes down the wire. Same thing with the NBA. We want to give you some over-unders for Major League Baseball and for the Masters and so on, but... Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass. There's Kevin Hench taking a break from his fa- his fancy Hollywood production to kibitz with us. Kevin Hench, how are you? And answer this. Why does everybody, the world over, care so much about Tiger Woods? It's almost weird. What do you mean why he was a transformation? I just don't know why. Like, why does everybody universally love Tiger Woods? I don't know well, why. Well, he was a transformational talent in, in a game... Uh, that needed it. You know, you, you could say he saved the sport. I don't know. I don't know where it would Did be he? without him. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's funny. I mean, part of the excitement this week is because even though, you know, there's so many great players and obviously, you know, occasionally the Kepka DeChambeau thing will get a little excitement. <laughs> Phil, Phil will release a statement that, that gives us some news, but you know, there's nothing has really filled that vacuum of Tiger Woods. I mean, remember, how everyone started watching golf. It was insane. And the crazy thing about this week, and and I don't know what the latest is when we air, but when Tiger won that last green jacket, it was such a valedictory. Like, well, obviously this is the crowning achievement of his career. It's like, oh, wait, he could he could blow that out of the water. <laughs> I mean, so uh, I think people are. What are was right. that? Eighteen months ago, where it was like where, where there were six hours or eight hours. I mean, for real on CNN and otherwise of coverage of him having a car accident. It, it that by the way that day was weird too. I, I guess I'm saying because 
people are quick to ascend to Mount Pius. I'm not telling you anything you don't know to um, disparage almost anybody in the sports world and beyond. Why does Tiger Woods kind of get a pass? And every, I, which I'm not saying he shouldn't or shouldn't be cheered. I'm just surprised that everybody loves him. My old man, 80 something year old guy. Oh, Tiger's my guy. And kids, it's, it really is. I can't think of a comp for it. Is there anybody who is as beloved as Tiger Woods in sports? I mean, I don't think there's ever been, especially in an individual sport, a player that a bigger percentage of the pie chart is rooting for at the outset. You know, it's just like every tournament he plays in, 85% of the people are rooting for him. It's, it is, it's very it's strange. So we're going to give you some best bets there for the Masters. We were joined on extra points earlier in the week by our old pal, the Dutch Mook, a competitor of Kevin Hench's in mind in our uh, in our beloved fantasy football league. Um, but we'll take a crack at it, too. I will say one thing to do is he was right. He said, sprinkle a little something on Tiger. If he makes the cut, if he gets to Saturday and you don't have any change on that, you're going to be sorry that you're not a part of the pack rooting for him with the rest of What's the What's so funny there. about Tiger is you're like, um, cause everyone has the same instinct, like, oh, that'll be fun. I'll bet a little bit on tiger. And it's like, the number's big, but it's not nearly as big as it should be. <laughs> you know, It's like a, a lot of people have the same idea. Wouldn't it be great if he pulled off the Ben Hogan and, and came back from the car accident? <laughs> it's just insane. <laughs> He would, he would be, it is, uh, I mean, but that's 50 or 60 years ago. My a medicine back then was like, well, Ben Hogan's never going to play golf again. And he did, but you would think into the 21st century when every doctor says, oh, you can never play a professional sport again after that happens to you. That was 18 months ago. And they get back I out mean, there. So it, it is remarkable. Feel, didn't it feel like we were going to be, they were going to be wheeling him out as like an, as an honorary starter for the next 40 years. Like it was going to be, like what, you know, was was Tiger's prosthetic leg going to allow him to move around the course? Like, it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, I'm rooting for him, but I'm not. I mean, you can bet a little on him, but that that wouldn't be where I would invest my money. All right. You want to go through him now? By the way, Phil Mickelson. Now the news is that the master says they invited him and he backed out. So he wasn't canceled. He canceled himself for those concerned about that. It is weird, though, not to belabor the point, but I'm going to belabor it. Phil Mickelson, little heavy set, fun guy, um, loves to gamble. He's the enemy compared to Tiger. I don't know. I, 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 Tigers, you know, love, loves the ladies, I guess. I guess people can relate to that a little bit too, but Wait, are you, it's a funny, are you, are you subtly anti-Tiger? I'm not anti-Tiger. I'm just surprised by, I, what surprises me is that some people are taken to task at constantly for whatever is in their, at what, what's in their personal history at the same time, Tiger is just beloved and no one bats an eye about anything. I mean, it's it's just weird. The the names you hear get attacked. Yes, yeah, he but he's a, not. A, yeah, but that guy. How can you root for that guy? Like you never hear that about Tiger Woods. I'm just saying it's funny. I, I'm not certainly I'm not getting up on Mount Pius and being anti Tiger. He does course, have a wild uh, Teflon streak <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you know? And uh, maybe that's how he survived the crash. I don't know. I mean, up. to me, to me, I just as an old, the this side of the 1980, 
USA beating the Soviets in uh, in Olympic hockey. The the 1A for me, really, is in 1986. I remember it well in Pittsburgh, PA, my old man saying, you, you got to check this out. Jack Nicholas is making a run here. And watching that back nine with him, that really is up there on the all-time moments or moments since since Dave became lucid and a sports fan. It's that. It's the, it's Nicholas. It's the U.S. hockey team, and I guess like Kirk Gibson's home run are the things that uh, that stand out to me as an objective sports fan that were that were just marvelous. And I just I didn't. I guess I was immune to when Tiger won in 2019. I didn't. I w- I didn't swoon. I didn't get teary like it seemed like most people did, and I felt like a cynic or something. So I don't well, know. No, I'm not anti Tiger though. You are a cynic, but uh, yeah, I was out of my mind. I couldn't believe it was happening. All right, see, and you're a cynic too, so I guess I'm on the wrong side. All right, go ahead then, Hench, throw it out for us because I want to get your thoughts in review of the Final Four, and I want to get some baseball bets in here, so on and so forth, get your reaction to Devontae Well, Parker it's so funny, we were Patriots. texting about this, but like what, prior to the Final Four, we're making our picks, you know, and there's all this analysis going on and like, you know, Will you know how are they going to handle Bancaro? How you know how is can Williams keep Baycott off the boards? Blah 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 blah. And I said it on the podcast. I'm like, this entire game is up to Caleb Love. He's going to take a shitload of shots, and they're either going to go in or they're not. And that's the end of the story. And against Duke, he scores 22 points in the second half. Bye bye Blue Devils. It, he's a one man wrecking machine. There's nothing to be done about him. Flip to Monday night. He goes five for 24 with four turnovers, exact same thing. He's like, hey, guys, I'm glad you're running around and and sweating your balls off, but this game is entirely up to me. And I tell you, it was such a horrible performance. I mean, really, it it will stand the test of time of one of the worst championship game performances ever. And it reminded me of John Stark. Sorry, Eddie Spaghetti. John Starks two for eighteen against the Rockets, and what was similar, what was very similar about it was John Starks was two for seventeen, and Caleb Love was five for twenty three, and they both took the last shot. Like, hey, baby, I'm due, I'm due. Get just get me the ball and clear out because this one's going in. Um, so, so and, oh, and you like, would have done that too if it was you. You would have taken the shot too. Well, you know, uh, Jack, I, I, I think I think we understand pedigree, and I don't think I you're think the guy to take yeah. it. Well, you know, I, you I that. seriously, gee, I mean, check. You know, Spaghetti's heard the legend. Where would I have to back up to on a basketball court to go five for twenty-four? Opposite foul line. Where the fuck I would I have to stop moving my feet to go five for twenty-four? It's it's incomprehensible, and and like these are decent shots. Like the the. The Caleb Love, Davis, Baycott, 13 for 54. You're 13 for 54. Your three best players just shot 24%. And by the way, I had just finished slagging women's basketball after South Carolina shoots 36% from two, 18% from three, has nine assists for the whole game, wins by 15. I'm like, this is a terrible product. This is terrible. You get you have nine assists for the entire game and you win by 15. That's garbage basketball. Smash cut to fucking UNC Kansas. North Carolina, I kept going. I mean, Hubert Davis watched a 25-point lead against Baylor evaporate. Zero adjustments. Never, never did anything. Never changed anything. 
Then he watches the 16-point lead against Kansas go away in its entirety. How about a fucking baseline screen for Manic? How about a fucking screen off the ball for a guy who has a chance to throw the ball in the ocean? Then they finally set up a play that was obviously for Manic at the end of the game. And he fucking trips and falls down. And what was so crazy, he falls down in a little part of the lane when he's trying to come off that back screen. And then he just goes right down to the ground. So it's like option A is gone before the ball's inbounded. Where he falls down in that part of the lane is exactly where Caleb Love rolled his ankle uh, alone. Like no one was around Caleb Love when he rolled his ankle and about 18 inches from where Baycott rolled his ankle. Like there was a Bermuda triangle in the lane and these, that the, the poor Tar Heels, you know, rolled their heels. And, and not far gamblers. The one that gamblers notice more than any other is the KU uh, guy stepping out of bounds with uh, what was it? Four seconds left when he could have made two free throws. It's so and insane. Put him, in that game, boy, right in that little the, area, you're right. It was a Bermuda triangle. If you had, if you had the, um, if you had the North Carolina money line like I did, um, or if you had given the points, if you if you taken Kansas minus four, both tickets, you're you're entitled to be furious. You, you both guys, it's very rare that both sides of that bet. NC money line or K, uh, KU minus four because at when you're when you're inbounding with a three point lead you're you know you're looking at a good free throw shooter getting the ball and a one and one you know you you've probably got about an eighty percent chance of a push and then you know the way the factorial works is it's eighty percent times eighty percent so you have a sixty four percent chance of winning your bet suddenly <laughs> the guy doesn't come close to staying in bounds on uh, receiving an inbounds pass. Anyway. Uh, but well, I also, and we, we go back and listen. We had uh, earlier in the week on minus three, Aaron Nagler from cheesehead TV. We talked to all things Packers and NFC North and some great Rogers intrigue and Devonte Adams, so on and so forth. But spaghetti. And I also kibbed about this game and I pointed it out then, so I won't belabor it, but Agbaji, I'm like getting a pass because Caleb Love was worse than he was. He also got the most outstanding player. That I, I don't understand how that happened. Well, that's but, the that's the real ticket that where you know our buddy Sal having McCormick and getting fucked out of that money. That that was that was insane. You you know, but it makes can, no sense. You you yeah. will see occasionally a guy lay an egg in the semis and then have one good game in the final four, but it's the final and they give him most outstanding player of the final right. four that you see it in that direction. You don't see a guy have a great game in the semis lay an egg in the championship. Game. I agree with that. I was trying to think of it and I should have done some research, but off the top of my head, I think of Isaiah Thomas in 81. Like you have to the narrative that emerges is this guy did it with this team. And you know, Derek Wittenberg with NC state and um, I, I, now, now oh, per, uh, never nervous Purvis Ellison. Like, that's what comes off of these things is that this guy put two games together and now he's the most outstanding player and tracking towards um, the NBA draft and all of that. It is weird for Love to be as good and clutch and everything else as he was in the semi oh, and, then, and then poop the bed. But, uh, but also, one last thing on college basketball since it's in the rearview mirror is um, 
just just to make sure we're clear on this, and this is etched in stone, so nobody can change this next year or in five years. For and I'm talking about Duke fans. It's over. The rivalry is settled. You know, in a way, and I'm not trying to upset Eddie Spaghetti by saying this. The Yankees Red Sox rivalry now has more juice to it than Duke UNC does. There's just no way you ever come back from this if you're Duke. The last game of your legendary coach in the Final Four on the big stage and you lose to eight seed Tar Heels, it's over, right? There's what, what, could, what could happen that would allow Duke to reclaim any sort of like, yeah, we got hand. We got the upper hand in this uh, Well, in what, this what's so crazy about it, obviously, is you got the wake-up call in Durham in the farewell game. So right. they, they couldn't sneak up on you. Uh, you know, this, because of when it happened, it won't be put in the Fred Brown to James Worthy category. But Paolo Banqueros save under his own basket where he flips the ball to Baycott. He, he saves the ball under his own basket. Card, you know, Cardinal sin. They get an and one and he gets the fourth foul on Mark Williams all in one play. Like what Fred Brown did, it's like, okay, yes, you don't throw the ball to the other team. But it's not insane. It's not. It's not unheard of to kick the ball to the point. You know, it's like he. He yes. He he had a he had a lapse. But Bancaro is doing something you're not supposed to do. You're coached not to do this. Yes, you could whip it at the guy's feet, or you could throw it long, or you could throw it wide. Here's what you can't do. You can't gently flip the ball directly under your basket. I mean. If the guy had been on his team, it would have been a, a great play. He So he not only gives them three points, he gets the fourth foul on Williams, which was just – it was just critical. You needed Mark Williams out there. And so, you know, obviously th- this new way of doing things is like I don't know if Bancaro buys books. I don't know how long he's actually on campus. I don't know if he takes incompletes. I don't know how they stay eligible. It's such a fucking sham, these one-and-done guys. It's, it's, it's awful. It's terrible. But his lasting contribution to Duke as he trotted through for a couple months of college life was, hey, I made one of the worst plays in in championship game history, cost the old man his farewell, and I'm going to go get my millions. Well, you refer to it as new, and in his defense, that's one of those things that curmudgeons like you and me think are like newfangled ways of doing things. That's been going on for like 25 years. It's the same thing as the old rule that still that still leaves me miffed when a punt returner fields a ball. There are the, the cardinal rule used to be if you're a punt returner in pro football, if you, you put your feet at the 10 yard line, if it goes over your head, you let it go. Now everybody fields it and then they and then they wring their hands after the fact, like, whoa, why'd I field that ball? Just don't go back, just don't back up one step, and then you're in good then you're in good shape there, punt well, returner. The problem with the 10 yard line rule is like, yeah, it depends. If there are two gunners standing behind you, you know, you should field it at the eight. Cause it's gonna be on the six inch line if they're waiting for it to roll. So uh, that one I do think has needed some adjustment. And okay. by the way, I do. I don't mind saving it under your basket if you make a a conscious decision to pass to a teammate. But he just flipped it to the worst spot on the floor. It was almost Fred Brown like in that is like the way he passed it. I was like, did he have a moment where he thought that was his guy? 
because it was a pass. Hmm. It it was it had no like mustard on it. It didn't have any of that out of control save mustard. Anyway, no, it um, wasn't mustard. It was two shades of blue. But either way, I, I I hate to bring things down. But my final four experience was sullied. Um, and you know you talk about the the Bermuda Triangle and you know backing up by a foot or a yard and a foot stepping out of bounds to um, blow the cover and everything. I had a foot of my own to deal with. My wife invited two of her friends over. You know, Monday night. Uh, uh, no, no, Final Four Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Okay, all right, all right. So, okay, fine. You know, I didn't didn't fully register. Oh, she's going to have a couple of uh, uh, of hens over to chop it up. I I figured. Okay, great. That's that's fine. She says, "What time are you going to be back from Little League? You know, you, you got to be back." And I said, "Well, I'm going to be back. I, you know, I'm excited to watch that." Uh, that UNC Duke game. So I'm going to be back to watch, you know, about five hours worth of, of basketball on TV. So don't worry about me. I'll be there. And she said, Oh good. You know, cause you know, the husbands are going to be there and the kids. I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. I don't remember anything being mentioned about the husbands. So, okay. The husbands are coming over. What am I going to do? The kids are coming over. It's a thing. So I have to run Jean-Claude Van Damashek somewhere during the early game. So I, I run off and, and, and now the families are all there and the husbands have taken seat in front of the TV in, in my little room, my little, whatever you want to call it. I, uh, I'm not going to call it a, you know, what people, you know, it's, a, it's my little den, my little room, the way I watch my sports and do my work and everything. And they're in there now. They've taken up. There's only a couch in there, and they've taken up the full couch. So I have to bring in a folding chair like a dirty visitor in my own home. But I'm a gentleman, so I don't say boo about it. But I go off, and I take Jean-Claude Van Damme where he needs to go, and I return. And when I do come back, one of these two characters has on. Now, he's wearing shorts. Warmish day here in Southern California, not surprisingly. He has on with his shorts. He has on sneakers and on, and underneath the sneakers, he has on those little golfy socks, you know, those little short socks that uh, that fellows wear these days. And I take a look over at him, and at some point he's gotten so comfortable in my home, on my couch, in my seat. He's taken off the sneakers and the socks. And now he's talking to me with a leg up. He's got his foot up on my couch where I sit in my home. Is this an attack, Hench? How say you? Well, is he, I mean, is he familiar? A barefoot! A foot in my home on my couch. Does he know about your, your phobia? Does I mean, like, is he my trolling fo- My you? phobia, he should know the laws of man. You don't do that kind of thing. Who does that? Yeah, that's not, that's out you, of bounds. You, you of all the people I know are more scarred by this attack. <laughs> are you crazy? I don't like a bear. Are you somebody who doesn't care if, if somebody in your row on the airplane goes barefoot? Because that's gross too. It but is this gross. Is way yeah. worse. I'm just saying that you you have you're a cat on a hot tin roof on this issue. You you you're 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 affected by this maybe more than anybody I know. I mean, I'm I'm almost I, I would be even less offended than if an, a sweaty Eddie Spaghetti in his tank top came over and sat on that same you, couch. You Eddie Spaghetti, the, way in here. That was that was wrong for this guy check, to do, right? Check, you you have the opposite of a foot fetish. You you yes. think about feet when you're trying not to come. You you hate feet <laughs> so much. 
<laughs> Rex Ryan here, Damashek here. That's right. That's right. Hey, spaghetti, make some sense. Right? Well, that was crazy I, behavior from somebody. I, I think the removal of the sock is little is a little strange. But you have to think of it like yes. in a, the grand scheme, though. It's like if a, a lot of women, a lot of shoes don't don't require socks. So you get a lot of bare feet from women. If men are wearing flip flops or sandals in the hot weather, it's like you have to be OK with those sort of things. But I, I'd rather a bare foot than a bottom of a dirty shoe on my couch because um, I you, you assume the person's probably clean hopefully if they're uh, inside your home a normal person but I mean yeah the the sock removal uh, and then like pulling the foot up as he's talking to you is a is a is a strain it's that's a, the attack a little that's humorous. the attack who who's so cozy in a stranger's home that they take their socks off well hold on what kind of behavior is that check let me ask because I'm trying to get to levels of hate crime that occurred here let okay. me ask you did they did they know basketball? Like, were they fans? They, they cared. They cared, but didn't love it. I mean, that's, you know, I, I can't do that with it, with most anybody. You know, it's a, it's always like, refreshing I, in, in, to cut. That, when I, I knew I was home when I found 20 years ago Kevin Hench and Sal and everybody. Oh, these are people who claim to love sports. And then you talk to most people. Oh, I love, I love, can't wait for this final. Oh, can't wait for this, for the, to watch this NFL Sunday. And then you get around them and you talk to them for like two and a half minutes. And you're like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Why are you interested in this when you clearly know nothing about it? I, I met my level when I found Hanch and Sal and the, and the fellas. Well, I would say this. This wasn't that. So people always will disappoint me on that level. Okay. But in terms of, of my miserable experience, I would yes. rather have a naked guy on my couch dry humping a throw pillow who knew basketball as opposed to having two fucking morons who are watching the game for no reason and ruining my experience of, the, of this historic Final Four game, which, by the way, I mean – you had to see Duke. They were throwing haymakers. Like it was, it was Castillo Corrales. Like they were fucking, they were just going on runs and answering. It was such a great game. You know, if I had an idiot asking me questions, uh, way worse than a foot on a couch, but I can top your story. Okay. Because. Well, I want to give you one more. I want to give you right. one more scenario. That's worse than either that you just laid out there. It's the one the mutual friend Eddie Spaghetti and I have. He happens to be a Pit, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins fan. He texted me and Spaghetti last week. Hey, three of us got to get together when the Rangers and Penguins series starts in the playoffs, right? And I'm like, nope, no chance. Why would I? Why would I get together with Eddie Spaghetti? I'm a gentleman. I'll feel bad. Cheer. I. If the Penguins score, what am I going to cheer? Oh, I don't know if you heard about that, Hench. Eddie Spaghetti has guaranteed a Rangers victory in, in the seven-game series. And at this point, after the dispiriting gut punch the Pens took from the Avalanche on Tuesday night, I'm I'm hard-pressed to argue against them. But they have a chance to make things right um, on Thursday in MSG. But anyway, that would I – mean, would you – I, I don't unless I'm mistaken. You and I never watched a Patriots Steelers playoff game. Shame the devil! I would be well, the last person no, I'd ever yeah, want to watch no. a game with I, you I mean, or Simmons I, or anybody. I could like barely that. watch with Patriot fans like that. These games, <laughs> the bigger they get, you have to be in utter isolation because of your conduct. Um, okay, I had an experience. Okay, that this was quite a long time ago. It it, it was the Saturday of the Final Four, and my buddy. Joe invites me 
to his Jack and Jill. And I go, well, I don't know what's, I don't know what a Jack and Jill is. What's a Jack and Jill? Oh, it's a baby shower, but the dudes are invited. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, you know what sat, you know what Saturday is, right? I mean, I mean, you know, a huge sports fan. And it was like, uh, you could just see, he was like, this is out of my hands. This is out of my hands. I can't, I can't, I can't have no dudes show up to Jack and Jill. So then I'm like, okay, fuck it. Fine. And it was Michigan State, Wisconsin. It was a fucking, it was a pretty bad game. But I I bring my present, my car seat, uh, my baby car seat, and then and then I just drop it off in the pile of presents. And then I'm immediately looking around like, where, where am I going to go to watch the game? So I find the little room with a tiny little TV. The big TV is obviously out where everything's happening. I find a tiny little TV. I'm watching the Final Four by myself. But I... I'm like, eventually dudes are going to start to gather around. Like there are other dudes here. Like eventually they're going to like the, the the voice crying in the wilderness. You're going to find your way to the fucking final four. Nope. Just sat, sat in that. You're like Woody Allen and Annie Hall sneaking off at the edge of the bed. Yeah. So, right. So I was like, I don't even know if you can call this a Jack and Jill. It's like, I don't, there are no, I don't know who there are no Jacks out here. I am alone. And then, of course, it was that weird gaslighting where it's like, Henge is a sociopath. No, no, you're sociopaths. I'm not, no, I'm a normal right. guy who watches the That's final right. four. You people are fucking crazy. Starting with you, Joe, who didn't fucking put the kibosh on this immediately. Just go, hey, um, honey, I'm all for it. Co-ed baby shower sounds great. And we're going to have to change the date because obviously – no red-blooded American male is going to come watch you open um, diaper caddies while the Final Four is occurring. So I that to me, at least at least your filthy guests were were interested in watching basketball. Well, the other guy brought over a bunch of really good beers. He was a beer expert. And, Kept his and shoes he brought, on. Like, he said, now beer. try this one. Try this one now. And now that. Almost balance things out for That's me a little good. bit, but yeah, that the the, the 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 Jack and Jill thing is always a nightmare because I'll always lose. I'll never be charming enough or engaging enough because, and then it always leads to in the car ride home, like you know, um, yeah, you know, Annie's husband seemed to be having a really nice time, and a lot he stood that he didn't go off into the bedroom. Well, he's a weirdo, like he didn't want to go watch the final four. That's not that's not my problem. Anyhow, all right, you know what? Now I'm worked up. We also have, here's a little fun news for the three of us to kibitz about, and hopefully for you, the listener. We have now re-signed. After about a decade ago, I said, wouldn't it be fun if you could make trades not just as a GM from your favorite baseball team to another baseball team, but be the overlord of all the teams in your town and make trades across sports trade this wide receiver for that starting pitcher and so on and from that spawned with toby mergler one of the co-owners of uh of extra points here the league of leagues and now i'm back in and i've brought kevin hench and eddie spaghetti with me and so i'm looking forward to that i just want to keep everybody looped in here i don't know how interesting it'll be how much we'll go back Wait, to when it. when you say you're but back nobody- in you does that mean you've done this before I was in, and then I quit about five years ago because it got super duper baseball-y. 
And I was like, I mean, how much? It's like, how, I, I don't know. I, like, this is well, a I'm lead glad to hear that you've done it because I feel like I need some guidance in terms of weighing. You know, like my first instinct when I read Toby's email was like, do you just try to cash in one of the sports because you could weight your team so heavily to football? You could use your first five picks on football players and then you would cash in football but might not compete in the other two it's sports. It's the coward's way. Do you want to be a governor or do you want to be the president? You know, that it's, it's that sort of thing. So we have kept, we have our keepers list. We've kept Wander Franco, Incredible. Cade Cunningham, Deontay Johnson, Nathan Evaldi, Harrison Barnes, and Pascal Siakam. Um, those are our keepers in this league. And we're freed up at the top of the draft, so the very best players are presented. Although there should be some juicy names, and that will be the joy of it. And we're going to do it on Saturday, and I'll either tweet it out or we'll talk about it um, next week here on Minus 3. But the joy of it is, and it, it is self-evident if you think about it for a second, is the, is the debate at the very top of it. You know, do you want Joe Burrow or, you know, uh, or do you want Giannis or, you know, like that debate is what the fun of it is, you know, so, so, uh, you know, or, or, or do you want Otani and, you know, all that kind of stuff and, and weighing which sport to focus on and balancing it all out well, and trying to flesh out. This will dovetail nicely because we got to get our best bets in here and I'm going to get, right. I'm going to get summoned any second now, but, okay. um, I like it for our team and I like it for our listeners to wager on. I like Mike Trout plus 600 to win AL MVP. You know, it's like you're, you're basically, you're, you know, he had a freak injury last year. And it's like, you know, are you like making a wager? Are you afraid of the wager? Because like he could get hurt. It's like, well, look, whoever you're betting on, you're assuming 600 plate appearances. That's that's how it works. I, I got to think Otani regresses a little bit as he started to at the end of the year, just that magical season. I think the Angels are going to be good. I, that's they're, they're, they're another team I like on the rise. I like them over. I think it's 83 and a half. I would bet them over. Um, pretty exciting team. Uh, I want I would bet the Red Sox over 84 and a half. I would bet the Braves Homer. under 91 and a half. And then the one that seems crazy to me, is the Padres are 88 and a half. That seems destined to go under. I mean, they, they're they locked in a division with, with a super team that's going to win 105 games automatically. And then the Giants are probably not going to replicate what they did last year, but they're still a good team that added Rodon. You've lost Tatis. Eight and eight, 88 and a half doesn't seem that much lower than it should have been w- without your MVP candidate. So I would say under on the Padres. I completely, uh, boy, that I, I liked your analysis there. And by the way, Otani is destined to be a victim of his own success last year. If he doesn't match those numbers, then he probably doesn't get the MVP again. Simple as that. And if the Halos are good and in contention, then that weight goes to Trout. Trout gets some credit for that, and so that steals more votes from Otani. Now, about the NL West, I think you're exactly right. And the Giants, what we always talk about is you can get swept up in momentum because of free agency and this kid's getting called up and he's going to be a stud and everything else. It's how big a leap in games won from year to year you're going to make. The reverse is is going on right now with the San Francisco Giants. Winners of 107 last year. The total right now on FanDuel, 85 and a half. 
They're going to they're going to drop off by 21 and a half games. That seems overly pessimistic to me. I'm going and, and by the way, I have four uh four team win totals for you this season in baseball, all because Dave is a pie-eyed optimist, all going over. Giants over 85 and a half. Mariners over 83 and a half. This team's on the rise. I'm I'm surprised that the I number was that. so low when I looked at it just before we went. Uh, the Marlins have a really nice pitching staff. Now, if you want to play Cynic, it is a pretty big jump from 67 wins to go up over 77 and a half. But as I mentioned, I like their additions, and I'm, I'm not an evaluator of young arms and whether or not they're going to pan out. But all the buzz from, from the alleged experts is, is that this staff is really nice and the offense has been boosted, ergo, they're going to win 11 games more than they won one year ago. And lastly, when a division, when, you know, everybody is on board with the White Sox this year, that the central is settled. We don't need to worry about that. A lot of that has to do with the mediocrity of the other teams in the division. So now you're you're the White Sox dipping slightly from what the expectation is to someone else being a factor. I'm identifying that as the Detroit Tigers over 78 and a half. They've made some nice additions. To, I mean, they just got Austin Matthews, what, 48 hours ago? And it was, it was barely because of all the NFL free agency and draft talk and Final Four. It kind of like just slips through the cracks. But that's not nothing to add that to, to, to the lineup too. So over 78 and a half, those are Damashek's best bets for not just the weekend, but for all of baseball season. All right, Sheck, now I, I believe they got Austin Meadows. You're trying to do I your said, you're trying to do your cross league trade. You're trying to trade Austin Matthews to the Tigers. <laughs> That's right. That trade's going to be that trade's not going to be allowed by the commissioner's office. But I love the Tigers over 78 and a half. Um, you know, he never quite put it together in Boston, but we were kind of bummed to see Eduardo Rodriguez go uh, to Detroit. I think that's that's an excellent Excellent call there. We're, we're, and I actually. Well, Austin Matthews now has the minus next to his name in the Hart Trophy um, odds. And so now I have to back off of that. But well, finally, I, uh, as we near the deadline here, uh, the end of the season, it when does you look said like Mariners, it, which is I, right. that was the first time I actually ever uh, placed a wager while we were recording. I love that Mariners bet. That's how. Ooh, that's how excited. Boy, I am. that's that's awfully flattering. Spaghetti blow through a couple. Oh wait, Hench, is that it for your that's best for bets? Me. That's it for me. Okay. To uh, uh, Rory McIlroy, it's a big number. To to piggyback, uh, I do love the Mariners as well. That was like my, my my big one. But you, you took that, and uh, I, I'll throw out an over and an under. Um, the over start positively here. I think the Cardinals um, when they're the NL Central, and last I saw their win total. Uh, was at 84 and a half. I think they'll go a little bit above that. I like the Cardinals team uh, to go with an under, and it's a team that people kind of have high hopes on. I'm not doing this to be mean to Sal, but uh, 80 and a half for the Mets, I just don't see how it's possible with DeGrom out for an extended period of time. And then Scherzer, who's also not starting on opening day, if he's been even a little bit losing number one and number two, it's just a tough – they're going to have a fine season, but I think uh, going over the – so 89 wins for the Mets, like I just don't think it's feasible with those guys missing a uh, significant amount of time. Another Wait, bet. we need a side bet. Wait a spaghetti. We got – I don't know why I didn't think of this before. We need – there's so many Yankees or Mets fans uh, at extra points. We need a head-to-head wager who has more wins. Well, the Yankees you know, are It doesn't have to be monetary either. The Yankees, the Yankees are 92 and a half. You should give Sal – you should bet Sal straight up. Give him four games. 
Just make a straight up bet. Be nice. You know, Yankees minus four for total wins. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm all, I'm I'm higher on the Yankees than most. I know people love the Blue Jays, and people are still hiding the Rays, even though the Rays lost some guys. Uh, but uh, and the Red Sox too made some really nice moves in the offseason. But I still uh, with 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 Sal hurt. I think it does hurt them a little bit. But the Yankees are. I think they're they're in a weird situation now where people are not thrilled with their offseason. I do think if their arms stay healthy, if Severino comes back and is Severino and who is in the Cy Young mix of old, I think they'll have a fine, they'll have a great season. Uh, the one thing I will say because there definitely is pressure now in the front office. If they're struggling at all, I think they will be like heavy heavy buyers at the deadline and just pick up any guy they need to, to get and they'll be loaded up. So if they struggle early on, I do think the Yankees will have a nice second half of the season and will rebound. Obviously, you know, not barring any uh, major injuries to Cole or someone like judge uh, who they should be extending soon. So I like the Yankees more so than a lot of other uh, experts I've seen out there, but uh, I was going to give it a quick bet too, for the, for opening day. Um, the, I just talked about the Cardinals. The Cardinals are, uh, they're playing the uh, check. They're playing your pirates and the pitching matchup, Wainwright versus um, JT Brubaker. Wainwright's bat, uh, posing, bat, posing batting average, like versus this pirates lineup. It's just not very good. Uh, I mean, he's dominating them. Whereas Brubaker is struggling mightily versus the, the, the Cardinals. I think it's like a three, four, nine batting average. Uh, they're laying down uh, the run and a half, the Cardinals. So I like them giving that. And for some golf bets here, uh, I don't want to give out a winner, but I think for if you want to put in top five finish, I think there's a lot of good guys you get all plus money on. Obviously, arguably the best golfer in the world, John Rahm, right now. He's still plus 190 for a top five finish. Uh, I know that we had on uh, Dutch Mook, who thinks he may win one soon. I, I, I think that's an easy bet to make. Dustin Johnson has dominated uh, Augusta before. He's plus 240. That's an easy one. And a guy, Will Zalatoris, who uh, I believe finished second uh, in the Masters, he's plus 480. So those are guys that have, you know, that obviously with two of them have been there, done that before in this course. And John Rahm, who's never won a Masters, um, this, you know, it's always a lot of first time winners we see. He's second number two in the world right now behind, uh, I think, uh, Scotty Sh- uh, Shuffler. So I think bet those guys, Rahm plus 190, DJ plus 240, and the young kids, Al Torres plus 480 uh, as a top five finish in Augusta. Rahm's okay, going to test positive for the BA2 variant at Ray's Creek on Sunday. He's going to be up five strokes. There, say sorry. Come with us. Do you love watching the golf hench? Do you love watching the Masters? I love watching the Masters. You know, I mean, I mean, I Masters, used to be. Right. I used to be. You know, I would definitely watch most of Saturday and Sunday of all the majors. But you know, more and more, it's it's you kind of check your phone, see what's going on on Sunday. But the Masters is you kind of got to watch that Sunday. I really do love some couch time around the Masters. There's something very satisfying about it. Um, it's a tradition. It's China. a tradition. It's not like other traditions. It's a. Wow, it's well unlike well other said. traditions. I, I'll, I'll come up with something. That's lovely. Come up with this. We could go to the cap of consequences, per usual, but Eddie Spaghetti v Sal win totals for their beloved New York-based baseball teams. This is fun. Maybe I, I'm looking at Eddie Spaghetti wearing his tank top. Maybe the loser has to wear the winner's clothes for a fortnight. Eddie Spaghetti turns over well, his duds, and fair. Sal has to wear tank tops I have some very headbands. nice clothes. No, 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 time out. I have some very nice clothes. I just I don't know. No, no, no. I'll them. pick the clothes. And I also rush back from the gym because uh, our recording time changed, so I am currently probably smelly in my I love it. Clothes. I love it. I'm yeah. not one of these guys. You know, Sheck 
with the feet and the couch and the tank top. He's delicate. I don't mind it at all. I don't mind the spaghetti. Thank you. Blue collar. Okay, guy. before you go, Hench, quick question. All right. Would you rather win a gold jacket or green jacket? Would I rather be in the NFL Hall of Fame or win one golf tournament? Is that the question? No, I'm just talking about Blazers. I'm just talking about Blazers. No, oh. yeah, of course. Which would you rather be, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame or a Masters champion? Canton. What kind of question is that? Of course. Rather, I'd rather be a professional what do you mean, of course? athlete. Why? I'd rather be a professional athlete than a golfer to start with. And then oh, I'm a dang. Hall of Fame. I'm a Hall of Famer in the most athletic sport. Yeah, I'll take that over um mike weir i know but you're see now you're answering this in a vacuum and of course yeah larry mize great athlete maybe not but canton all you get out of that is that you get a limp in your by the time you're 50 you're hobbling around like ditka and you get to go to canton ohio once a year for a long weekend or you get to go play augusta national whenever you want which sounds better to you I'm assuming that my Hall of Fame football career will have bought me some perks in the cities that I achieved it in. I don't, like it's not like you just okay. get nothing. Okay. Speaking of which, here's a little tease as I head back to work. Uh, okay. There's going to be an NFL Hall of Famer on our set next week, and I'll. Uh, What's our set? Why don't you Why don't you pull back I'll the tell you all a little about bit? It. I'll we tell you all about it next week. That's the tease. You got to listen next you week too. Um, and take a picture with this Hall of Fame. I will. I will. I'll Lynn give Swan, you. I would not. Uh, I would Franco not. Franco Harris, this Mean Joe, Terry Bradshaw. It's fun. It's gonna be fun. All right. See you guys Todd next week. Woodson, Troy Polamalu. He's gone. Well, you already know this, but it's time to play baseball. And right now, all customers can swing for the fences with a no sweat same game parlay on FanDuel Sportsbook. All you do is pick any MLB game and combine at least three bets into one bet for bigger payouts. We love to do this with the with the total score, the first home run hitter, who's going to win the game straight up. All those things are in play for you, and if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will refund you up to $10 in free bets. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sports book, so head over to FanDuel Get into your account or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code MINUS3, the word MINUS, the number three, to bet your no-sweat same-game parlay today. And happy baseball, everybody. Let's get in a quick break. Boy, he's a ball of fire, Eddie Spaghetti. I don't know about that guy. I thought that was a fun fun conversation with him. And uh, I wanted to get his thoughts, though, on Devontae Parker to the Patriots. I think it helps. But I, I, you know, I remain very skeptical in a loaded AFC, and this definitely includes my favorite football team, too. You know, I don't do, I, somebody on Pittsburgh radio, uh, Andrew Filipponi, to give him a shout-out, asked an interesting question. Are the Steelers better off after this free agency period than they were at the end of last season? And, of course, you say... Well, yeah, of course, they're better off. They loaded up at where they were weak on the offensive line, so they're in good shape. No, the team is better, but are they better off? No. Russell Wilson is now in the AFC. 
Um, Deshaun Watson, whatever you say about that, like if, assuming he plays the majority of games, the Browns are better than they were last year. So are they better off? No. And the Patriots are better off with Devontae Parker than they were two weeks ago. But man, I don't, I don't know, you know, that it's reasonable to pick them to finish in the top half of the AFC East. How say you? I, I, I don't like, who am I to question the moves that, you know, Bill Belichick makes, but, uh, and, and yes, it, we've seen in the past where he's gotten some guys in there that have been in other teams and he's turned them, you know, uh, dirt into gold. But I, I don't like Devontae Parker is a guy that clearly has talent. He's never really fully put it together in an off season with so much movement and so much like wide receiver movement. And you have a quarterback that people, you know, hench included are petrified of having a sophomore slump. Why is Devonte Parker? The answer we have DK Metcalf, you know, they seemingly on the training that uh, on the block, uh, actually either receiver in, in, in Seattle, uh, apparently then you have uh, a guy like Adrian Brown, who there's rumblings that Tennessee wants to move on from him. We've seen Devonte Adams get moved. We've seen other big guys, you know, uh, Tyree kill being traded. When you have a guy that of that stature and Tyree Kill being traded to your division, and your answer to that is Devontae Parker to help out Mac Jones, it's just like I, it, sometimes I think Belichick just tries to be too smart, and and I don't think this is a time to do it because if he if Mac Jones is not good and the Patriots have a bad season, and I'm pretty high in the Jets, you know, there's always a team that goes from last to first, and you have the 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 Dolphins loading up, and obviously the Bills are probably the cream. Cream of the crop, uh, maybe in the AFC, maybe the entire NFL. Right now, there's still the betting favor on FanDuel.com slash minus three to win Super Bowl. I just I don't get this answer. If I was a Patriots fan, I'd be pretty pissed off and pretty just underwhelmed that it's like we're we may finish last in the division if Zach Wilson is you know eighty five percent of what people think he may be and is in year two and he you know surpasses Mac Jones. It's it's trouble and this is this is a move that you could just pay up for once. Just pay up, get a big time player. Like stop being stingy uh, with your assets and and. Oh, and well, I thought Parker I Parker know. Parker feels that way a little bit, but not with the gargantuan contracts that these guys are now getting which is just yeah. insane and I, I need to talk to brad spielberger or someone wise about the ways of the cap and how contracts um ebb and flow at positions um but i, I don't know how it how this continues i mean is it like 2023 this is now the position that is going to corrupt your overall salary cap as wide receiver as we talked about with aaron nagler just a couple of days ago is not a must-have to be a super bowl contender uh, a high-end number one wide receiver that being said i hear you're no, well i get the patriots fans are are jazzed about this because finally they do have for the first time since like Randy Moss for real, like a, a legit potential stud receiver, but you're absolutely right that in a vacuum, boy, that sounds pretty good. Okay. And Robin Peter to pay Paul, he goes from the dolphins to, to our team. So that kind of works for us too. I hear what you're saying. And, and it goes, it, it kind of services the same point I'm making. Are they better off? than they were at the end of last season. And I, I don't think they've kept up with the Joneses or with the Dolphins. No, um, no. and especially look at, look, and look at, I mean, yeah, talk about money. I mean, well, the Stephon Diggs is, is like 70 million guaranteed, which for receiver is, is quite crazy. I mean, the Jets have a guy like Elijah Moore who people think is going to take a huge step this year. Plus they have two top 10 picks. They could take uh, one of the best receivers. They could take, you know, Drake London. They could take, uh, you know, whoever, if they want to take a reach on like Jameson Williams, someone like that, get a big time receiver there. One of the guys from Ohio State. Then all of a sudden, the the Patriots clearly have the worst receiving core. And then again, it goes back. It all goes back to the quarterback. It goes back to Mac Jones. Mac Jones was deemed the guy the first half of the season, and then now you, you now in year two, 
uh, after some, you know, a shaky ending, it's like, oh, well, here are your weapons. They're pretty pedestrian. Uh, it, it's it, it it wouldn't shock me in the least if they slide back to, you know, they become like a six, seven, eight win team. And all of a sudden they're struggling to to win, uh, you know, not be the fourth place team in the AFC. East. I, 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 I can absolutely see it. But with the Jets and they offered reportedly the 10th overall in Seattle, turned them down for DK Metcalf. I think that the Jets will ultimately be happy that that's the way it went. Because with these contracts being what they are, better to get. Now it's kind of like talking about a, a, a QB. Now you better to have him on his rookie deal and have him turn into a star uh, over the next, you know, five years versus having to shell. I mean, the kind of bank these guys are making. And, you know, I mean, every team can play this game because every team has free agents upcoming wherever you are. But like Deontay Johnson, I don't know. I think he, the, these other contracts have now outpriced him, like, made it so that he, the Steelers aren't going to be able to, to keep a guy at that level. And so now they're kind of forced to draft somebody. I mean, they're going to have to draft somebody anyway for Pittsburgh. But yeah, with the Jets, I guess the question is with DK Metcalf, it's kind of like taking a bite of a pizza that's going to be delicious, but not, wait, but not waiting for it to be fully baked yet. Is DK Metcalf making them a playoff team in 2022? If not then better to draft, like you say, one of those Ohio State kids or otherwise with a 10th with a round pick and not have it, corrupt, uh, have it corrupt your cap. Oh, so many things to talk about. Frank Gore's retired. Does he go into the Hall of Fame? I say he goes because I'm not a curmudgeon about uh, turning my nose up at too many guys. That kind of durability in a contact sport like this and his very best years were pretty good on, on – um, those high-end Niners teams and and had, as so many things point back to me for that Colin Kaepernick pass in the corner of the end zone against the Ravens that ended that Super Bowl. If that pass is complete, a lot of things are very different in pro football. First of all, Frank Gore, I have no doubt, is a Hall of Famer. Where Jim Harbaugh is, if he had gone to Michigan and he decided, I want to go back to the NFL, teams would fall all over themselves to get him. Um, and maybe most prominent of the of the alternate universe is Colin Kaepernick never would have been out of the NFL. He can take a knee and people, oh, I don't like that. It's not good. It takes away from, from football. Nobody would have bellyached to the tune that he was out of the league. That If he throws a touchdown pass there, and I'm get, I might have been Vernon Davis might have been the Super Bowl MVP. But either way, if he throws a game-winning touchdown pass with, you know, what, 20 seconds left on the clock or whatever it was, Colin Kaepernick is still in the NFL, which one last thing to wrap it up here, because you put down a good question, but I'd like to ask it to other people too next week is, with Baker Mayfield now out there and Colin Kaepernick, this feels like it's gaining steam. I would have said, and I'm, you know, I don't think Colin Kaepernick should have been out of the league in the first place. Um I mean, but I, that set, I like five years. Like, you're going to take that guy on your team like that forever. The wisdom, the collective wisdom was like, well, you can't take a year off and expect you can jump back into football. You just got to stay in football shape or it's over with for you. I am. I, maybe I'm buying too much of that, but you're going to take Colin Cadden played football in, in half a decade and he's going to be a solution. I mean, not nobody's going to sign him to be their day one starter, but even have him as a backup. I guess I would take Baker Mayfield. You ask that question. Who would be the better backup to have in 2022? I'll take Bake. And that doesn't diminish Kaepernick so much. I think he would have to be a project at this point. You'd have, like It's found money. It's a long shot that he's going to work out and rise to the point of being your backup. I'm telling you, I've, I've had my fun at Bake's expense. That guy is, is, if you put him in the right spot, 
is still capable of winning a lot in the NFL. More games than he would lose if he were your starting quarterback on a lot of teams in 2022. I, I, I really believe that, and I'm surprised a team like Seattle that doesn't have the answer right now isn't, isn't pouncing to try and get Bake. So that's my answer to that. What was your answer to the question you posed? I kept yeah when I was typing that in the in the rundown I was actually thinking about it and I I'm I'm not crazy about guys that take time off like I, I guess for some like Gronk I guess you could say relatively speaking it worked out I think especially playing position of quarterback to be away for so long and not be part of the game speed it's tough but at his at their peaks at Baker's peak and at and Kaepernick's peak clearly Kaepernick was the better player and, and he has the size and mobility uh, and he, and he's he's been deep playoff runs he's been coached by. Uh, a guy that's pretty revered. So, he, and, and he, you know what? If anyone's dealt with the adversity, because I, I obviously agree with you that he should not have left the league, um, and who cares what he wants to stand for? It's, it's his right. But it, 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 the the mental, like, the stuff that he's gone through, I think actually helps him in a, in a sense, whereas Baker is probably near, I mean, if not the worst, bottom three in terms of, like, what they could handle mentally. How many times have we seen Baker Mayfield you know, have some weird thing with the media, have his his wife have to say something on social media? Cap has dealt with the absolute worst stuff, the worst of the worst. So he's like, if he's ready to play, I mean, that's not going to be the, – the bright lights or returning is not going to be a big deal to him. And, and maybe, you know, there's also rumblings now that Baker and Stefanski's system, like, he – didn't grasp it or wasn't really suited for him. I think cap is probably easier to slide into whatever offense, but you know, obviously if Baker's healthy, the left shoulder things all cleared up. Uh, he is way younger. Uh, I, I, I probably would still side with Baker just because of those reasons and cap being out. But if you're telling me that if they both came back and cap actually was good and had a couple of big games, uh, it would not shock me in the least. I mean, yeah, I agree. Why aren't these teams like Seattle or whoever needs quarterback sign one, sign both, let them duke it out? Like, I, I mean, you, you can, there's no reason not to, especially in a lost cause. I don't understand what Stefan. That, that's a weird thing about Baker Mayfield that those uh, those rollouts off the boot are ideal for Bake. So I don't know what where where that noise would come they, from. They but said it was I, it was run bait. It was like a, like a timing thing, and it was like just too run based. And he's more of like a free, you know, loosey goosey type quarterback. So that's the that was the argument, I guess. Someone, I, I mean, like try to help him out. T, here's what people get in their own way in life, but football teams too, with where they perceive themselves to be in the pecking order. If you're Detroit or Minnesota. That's those are perfect spots for Baker Mayfield. Jared Goff is not the long term answer. You can get Bake for a steal, and I might, might might not make Jared Goff happy. But instead of using the second round, the second overall on Malik Willis, which I keep telling you they're going to, and they're going to um, sign Bake on a on a cheap deal, and Goff goes away in a year, give him one of those two year deals that are so uh, so um, popular. This uh, this offseason, that seems like and also Minnesota, you, you Kirk Cousins. I know you just gave him uh, inexplicably a load of loot, but nobody's in love with him in, in Minnesota. It doesn't sound like his uh, many of his teammates are in love with him. Have a fail safe in bacon. You know, I, I don't know how quickly now they can move on from Kirk if they want to. But those like those places. If, if, and I know I said it the day after bake got kicked to the curb. I said, how funny would it be if the Steelers side bake? And people got upset with me for, for saying that. I'm, I'm not saying it while they have Mitch Trubisky, but if without Mitch, if they would have signed bake, I would have I would have kind of like first I would have said sent a cold chill up my spine. 
and then I would have thought it through and I would have thought, this is great. A tale of two football cities like this. He takes the short drive from Cleveland to Pittsburgh and finds Nirvana uh, somewhere on the on the banks of the Three Rivers. I could absolutely see that. And nothing would highlight the difference between the organizations more than for that to happen. But it, it, but point is, if you're looking for the guy long term, if you can't find the one you love, love the lo- love the one you're with. And I, you know, I think Baker Mayfield could be that guy for a year or who knows for six or eight years. I I just I think we've all decided he stinks because he played with the bum shoulder, and we've completely forgotten that he just about beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. When he was right, when he before he got hurt, they and then they went back there ahead, almost one if the punter doesn't blow it, and then he gets hurt in week two, and then the whole season gets sideways. I'm not advocating for Baker Bayfield being a, a top five or ten QB in the league, but he was a winner up to that point. I, Very strange how it turned against him. Total, I actually agree with your I don't think your Steelers points that crazy because I think that's like the best possible scenario for him. It has to be a team that has a good foundation, has good coaching, and it has players in place. I think it's like the Lions to me just don't make sense for him because the Lions are like, all right, we'll, we'll use Goff. And if Goff stinks, then we're going to move on to a young quarterback, a rookie. We're going to draft on the cheap because we already have you know, tons of years in a row with high picks and have those players in place. And I think the same thing, like my, my giants wouldn't make sense either because again, Dalen Jones doesn't work out. They're just going to retool for next year. I think his scenario is like a team that is actually winning games with the quarterback position is either struggling. Like it could be the Steelers or maybe a scenario where the quarterback just gets hurt and uh, they have to put a guy in like, all right, well, who's the best guy could do this? Our backup stinks. And then they could, you know, plug somebody in there. Um, I, I think that it has to be a situation like that. I, I could also see like in Washington, if like the, if the, the yeah, right. experiment like, goes why Washington but- do Right. Like, Why aren't they it, trying it, to get it, him? It's got to be a team like in the kind of like the no man's land, like not a Super Bowl contender, but not like. That's what I'm talking It's exactly so, right. Yeah. That's what I think. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess Seattle would be too far away. Right. And like, they just, well, they, they just, keep blocking they just blow it up. Metcalf. They just blow it up. Yeah. They just blow it up and rebuild. That's why like, I don't. Or think like Houston is not appealing to anybody right now. But yeah, you're exactly right. I think he can thrive if you put him into a good spot. I mean, first overall pick. And by the way. I wonder, I should be able to not, I shouldn't have to ask this. I should just know this. Has there ever been a team that had two first overall picks at QB in the same QB room? Ever happened? Uh, I'm have to, to, I'll, I'll, that, you would think it must have happened somewhere along the way. I don't know. Anyway, you know what? Put a pin in it. Better yet, if you're still listening, instead of sending us an ear to let us know you made it to the end of this episode of Minus 3, instead send us the name of the team that had the two QBs that were first overall picks on the team and earn yourself our respect and affection for making it all the way through. Another grand episode of Minus 3. And while you're listening to Minus 3, make sure you're checking out all the other great shows at the Extra Points Network, of course, Extra Points twice a week, Megan Fun of Sports, uh, the the uh, the two women that Eddie Spaghetti produces on that show is uh, is really great. They really are a lot of fun. Mark Gunnels and Marty Weiss living it up on Lemon Pepper Parlay, especially Gunnels after his KU team got, got to cut down the nets. Reminder to NBA teams, they should start cutting down the nets. Covered in glory. Against all odds, go to, uh, by the way, extrapoints.com, play along with us, win grand prizes when you go to the arcade. Yes, Eddie Spaghetti. I think I figured it out. I think it's my Giants, Eli Manning and David Carr. 
Holy hell. Yeah. Of course. Of yeah. course that's the correct answer. And we know him. I we, we know, know yeah. one of those two guys. Yeah. That's embarrassing that we would. Well, that's at least one. Is there anyone else? I'm trying to think, like, did the Raiders ever have it going? Because they always like getting those spare parts, like Plunkett, and then they had Jamarcus Allen. Did they have a spare part? Was Kerry Collins the first overall pick? I no, he wouldn't have no. overlapped with Jamarcus Russell anyway. Anyway, ah, whatever. It's enough. It's enough already. It's time to go. Last words are these. Bet along with us. And until next week, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>